Hi friend, my name is Danielle Holleran and I am the host of the Detail Diary podcast. I'm a self-made online business owner who loves sharing the behind the scenes of my business and inspiring others to follow their dreams. You can find me most days chasing my dog around, relaxing with my husband, and wearing basically anything Dusty Rose and Pearls. Think of this as your space to come to feel motivated and inspired to take on your biggest dreams while also just chatting with your best friend. Cozy up for some girl time and get ready to feel uplifted and inspired. Are you looking to learn hand lettering or pick up a new stress relieving hobby? I am so excited to announce my ultimate guide to hand lettering bundle is here. This bundle includes my beginner's hand lettering workbook and all 12 of my monthly hand lettering practice worksheets. Throughout my beginner's hand lettering workbook, I walk you through exactly how to write every single letter, uppercase and lowercase, how to develop your own signature style, and the exact secret techniques I used when teaching myself hand lettering. This bundle includes over 125 practice words that can be printed over and over again. And as I always say, practice makes perfect when it comes to hand lettering. This bundle is marked down 50% from retail price, so be sure to snag yours today. I cannot wait to see you master your lettering skills. Hello and welcome to the Detail Diary podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Holleran, and today I am joined by Rachel Donahue of Salt and Shimmer Artistry. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you and chat through your business, which I'm absolutely obsessed with. I can't wait to hear more about it. If you want to just get started by giving the listeners just a brief background of you and kind of how you got started in the world of small business. Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name's Rachel Donahue. I am the owner and artist behind Salt and Shimmer Artistry. Right now, I do ocean resin art and polars designed for coastal living and entertaining. I currently live in Newburyport, Massachusetts, which is a cute little small coastal town. And I live here with my husband, Brad, and our dog, Sibby. <laughs> Going back a bit, I actually went to the University of Rhode Island for nursing. Nursing school was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Just between classes and clinicals, I was super stressed out all the time. And then on top of that, everyone in nursing school with me like knew from a very young age they wanted to be a nurse. They knew what field they wanted to be in. Like, oh, I want to be an OR nurse. I want to be in the ER. That was not me at all. <laughs> I feel like it was just one of those things at the time. It was really hard to get into a nursing program. And so I was like, well, I think I could like this. It's a good career. Maybe I'll try it out. And just one of those things that I just kind of went through the motions. And so, yeah, I finished nursing school. And that, that stress of not really knowing what I wanted to do on top of just the day-to-day of nursing school, I needed a stress relief. I would always find my way down to Narragansett Beach or Newport. And that is when my obsession with the ocean and just New England coastal living really began. I had no idea that you went to URI. My husband went to URI and I have a bunch of friends that went there too. So obviously I'm really familiar with the school and I have friends who went to the nursing 
program there. And similar to what you said, like of the girls who I know, one of my cousins and a couple of my friends who got into the nursing program and went through it, it was like their whole life. Like they'd always known they wanted to be a nurse. Like that program in itself is one of the like most difficult nursing programs. I know it has like a really, really good reputation and everything like that. So I can only imagine your feelings going through that with all of those people who are like so gung-ho, like have their whole life plan just really set and just not feeling 100% there, which I feel like a lot of people go through in college. Like I know I went through the same thing. It was like, I felt like I kind of just fell into the major I was in. And then before I knew it was on the path of just doing what everyone else was doing in my major. And then all of a sudden had like a realization moment of like, I don't like this. Like, how did this even kind of happen? I also love that you live in Newburyport. I just recently went with my mom and sister-in-law. And it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. At what point after nursing school were you like, all right, I think I really may have not made a mistake because I really don't think that anything that we go through is a mistake. It's all just learning experiences that get us to where we are. But at what point were you like, this may not be the path for me. (laughs) Honestly, I felt that way from the moment I graduated. But again, I just was kind of going with the plan. It was in 2018, though, where I was like, just one day, I was like, I think I want to make some artwork for my house. And that's when I picked up resin for the first time. And I just fell in love with doing it. I was really happy with the way things were coming out. So, and for me to say that, like, I'm a perfectionist (laughs) for sure, that meant something. But so I just started really small, making things for myself. Eventually, friends and family wanted some items as well. And I eventually started charging them. I think I was charging them less than what I was spending on materials and all of that. But they were actually the ones who encouraged me to, like, start my social media account and start selling. And once I did that, things kind of picked up momentum and two years later june of 2020 so yeah almost two years i've been doing it full time now wow that's crazy and that's pretty awesome that you decided to pick up resin too because i feel like that's not like a typical thing that you just go into i feel like a lot of times when people are getting started with their own small business or getting started in different artwork and stuff you see a lot of more like common materials used just because the learning curve you know isn't as steep like i wouldn't even know where to start with resin so what kind of drew you to that type of art and style to begin with Honestly, I think I saw a YouTube video of someone doing like the geode stuff. And then I started experimenting with the ocean stuff. And I just, I loved it. I loved just learning because it's very science-based. So I liked that aspect of it. That's really neat. And did you start off on Etsy or did you just start off like you're saying word of mouth through friends and family and just start selling through social media? How did that kind of process look for you getting started in the world of online sales. So I just started with an Instagram account, taking orders through DMs, which so time consuming. And then I eventually built out a website. Nice. I love that approach because I always think it's fun to talk to people who just approach things differently. Like I have a friend who she's a teacher full time and, you know, she doesn't have an Etsy. She doesn't have a website. She has a 
side business where she sells, you know, charcuterie boards and things like that. And all of her orders are taken through DMs and that's what works for her. And she has like a system set up and it's just always nice to talk to people who aren't doing all the same thing. I talk to a lot of people who start off on Etsy. So it's cool to see your experience of just starting off through social media, not even starting off on Etsy or on a website and kind of just growing up from there to building your own website, which is pretty neat. Yeah. That's so great. How has your experience been with social media and your business? Because I know that's like a whole, whole other conversation in itself. But how has social media kind of influenced the way that you run your business and kind of pivot in your business? So obviously my background is in nursing. It's not in art or business. So social media has given me the platform to do this, to do both of those things. It's such a double-edged sword. I think it's one, on one hand, it is so great to be able to put your work out there for people to see and to buy and to experience. But on the other hand, it is so overwhelming at times. I'm sure, you know, just to feel like you constantly need to show up, you need to keep up with the algorithm, all of that. And there's a lot, I think a lot of vanity placed in like Instagram and TikTok. And I would actually say my favorite social media account would be Pinterest. That's definitely my favorite for business. <laughs> That's awesome. I love, love that you brought that up because I've just recently started talking about Pinterest a little bit more and putting some more time into Pinterest because I really do think it's such an underrated platform for small business owners. And it's so different from TikTok and Instagram because, you know, like as you're saying, like it's not for show. It's not like keeping up with this or keeping up with that. It's really more so used like really just for inspiration and for people searching and everything along those lines. Like it's a completely different approach in a way. And I've seen that putting more time into Pinterest over the past like six to nine months that I've been focusing a little more on it. I can really see the connection through like people coming to my website from Pinterest and things like that. So how has your experience been with Pinterest? Because I'd love to hear more about that because I feel like it's something that no one talks about at all. Oh my gosh, I love Pinterest. I will be on my soapbox all day with Pinterest. 65% of my website traffic comes through Pinterest. Wow. That's pretty crazy to think about. And it's just, one of those things where it can be discouraging at first because it takes time to build momentum. But once you do, the numbers are insane. I fluctuate depending on how much effort <laughs> I put into it each month because I am right now at a point with Pinterest where I have kind of built it up that it can kind of run on its own a bit. But the months that I am putting in that little extra work, I have a million plus viewers that month. And that's just insane in comparison to trying to get that on Instagram or trying to go viral on TikTok. And like you said, on Pinterest, people are already there to shop or to find inspiration to see, but they're already in a different mindset. So I've found a lot of success with it. That is so great and so important to just keep in mind that shift of like the consumer because on Instagram, on TikTok, people aren't on those platforms to look something up or to like find a specific thing. They're just mindlessly scrolling a lot of times. And yeah, maybe they follow your business because they love your products and, you know, they want to follow along. But that doesn't mean that every single thing you post they're automatically going to be like, oh, I want to buy that. You know, it's just something that 
you know, some things may stick, some things may not, some things may do better than others. It's kind of, you know, a crapshoot sometimes with those. And obviously there's pros to staying consistent on those platforms as well. But being on Pinterest, there are users on that platform who are specifically searching, you know, for a reason. I'm sure people scroll on Pinterest mindlessly for inspiration, but for the general most part, I feel like those users are on there for a reason and it just creates a whole different perspective. So I love that you brought that up and anyone who's listening who hasn't gotten onto Pinterest, I think just jump on and kind of see what happens. You know, it's not going to hurt. And I feel like there's a lot less pressure on Pinterest than on Instagram with the ever-changing like, oh, well, now I need to post reels because those are getting more traction. And like, now I need to post this and change this and that. Whereas with Pinterest, like it's pretty straightforward and there's much less pressure. At least I feel like there's much less pressure to like keep up with what everyone else is doing. It's more so just based on your own business. I completely agree. Now, I know that you are in the process of going through a (laughs) rebrand. When this episode comes out, since you all know who are listening, I've been pre-recording episodes for my maternity leave. So when this episode comes out, you will be hopefully fully rebranded at that point. Talk us through how this experience has been because I've talked to small business owners who have, you know, gone through a previous rebrand, but I think it's interesting that you're going through this time, like, right now. So how has this kind of looked for you? So it's honestly has been terrifying because I feel like I am running a successful business now doing the resin and I am giving that up and trying something new. I am moving towards doing larger pieces of artwork that really focus on texture, whether it might be like rope, plaster, modeling paste, those types of things to create more contemporary pieces of artwork made for kind of inspired by New England coastal living. So everything's changing and my name is going to be Rachel Donahue Art instead of Salt and Shimmer Artistry. I realized a while back that my business goals and my personal goals couldn't coexist. The goals that I had set for my business The amount of work and time that I would take to reach those goals, it's not possible to do. Like, I want to be able to start family and focus on my relationships, things like that. It was, they were just not gelling. (laughs) And I knew something had to give. And that is kind of where the whole rebrand started for me. That's so interesting. And I think that it takes a lot to kind of step back and say like, hey, something isn't lining up like this does not look like how it's supposed to down the line. So especially like, as you mentioned, it's scary when you are running your own business, you're full time, like this is what your job is. And when something's going really well, it can be terrifying to change that or to try to go into a different direction with the unknown of, you know, what's going to happen. You know, there's no roadmap of anything for the future. So kind of looking at it in a way of, I know where I want my life to be. Like, what are my goals and like, what is important to me and my life for the future? And then kind of taking your business and shaping it around that. Because at the end of the day, even if we are running our own small business and, you know, working for ourselves and doing all of the things, sometimes our business can like take on a life of its own that we just didn't even anticipate. 
if that makes sense. And it's kind of up to us to be the one to kind of push it in the direction that we want it to go in. So I commend you for taking that action and taking that realization because I feel like there are a lot of people who get too far deep into the business that like their business has just run them into a direction that maybe isn't where they want it to be and isn't suitable for their lifestyle. I know that I've been continually trying to do the same thing, not in a rebrand way that you're currently going through, but just in a way of shifting and pivoting and just moving in different directions that I know like all right, five years from now, like this is where I want to be. So I'm working on things a little tiny bit here and there so that in five years, I can look back and say like, I'm so happy that I've, you know, made this little change and that little change to slowly push my business in the direction that I know I want to be in or else all of the aspects of my life are just not going to line up at all. Right. And I just want to point this out for anyone who's listening. Like you just mentioned, like you're making changes today for your future business, your future life. And that's my ultimate goal as well. If you have a business, like you don't feel like because <laughs> I'm rebranding that like, and you want to change things in the future, like you have to do a total rebrand or anything like that. Like I'm doing this rebrand because when I first started out, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Like not a clue. I chose, I feel like I chose like a cutesy name, just not really thinking where or what the potential of this business could be. And so right now, before I feel like I get even farther into it, I want to make the change so that one day I can be in your position. And when I want to make changes, it will still all fall under the umbrella of my brand. Like that's the really important thing for anyone who's starting out or thinking of starting their own business, especially a creative one, whether you're a photographer, artist, having a solid business plan, even before you build anything, I think is like absolutely key. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that next because I felt the same way kind of going into my business starting off. And I feel like so many people feel this way. Like you kind of just jump in and then slowly figure things out as you go. And over time, I've like developed business plans and gotten so much more organized and it has just helped immensely. So what's your take on like creating a business plan and kind of like developing a direction for your business? So I would say the thing that has helped me most is creating an ideal client. Mm -hmm. And like, I journal about it all the time. If someone looked at my journal, they'd probably think I was like stalking someone because I literally have this ideal client. Like she has a name. She, I know what she does day to day. And that is who I'm creating for. And so when you kind of create your business and especially if you're a creative, it really helps you focus instead of being scatterbrained of, oh, I'm going to try this today. I'm going to try this today. You're now focused and you're creating for this one person. And this one person, just like we are ever changing. So you're not stuck in one place. But again, you still have that lens of who you're selling to. And in terms of marketing and actually selling your artwork, that is super helpful too. You're not trying to sell to all of TikTok. You're trying to sell to this specific person and it makes it a lot less overwhelming. And it's okay. You don't have to make things for everyone. Things People don't have to like the things you make because it's not meant for them. That's fine. And that's something that I've really struggled with learning, but it is so freeing once you can really like fully grasp that. 
I think that that's such an important point to take away. Someone told me once, I can't remember for the life of me who it was. It could have been my mom, but at some point when my business started growing more and I started reaching people who my things like weren't their cup of tea. It wasn't their taste. You know, it didn't fit their vibe. Got negative feedback. You know, like people just didn't like what I was making and it hurt me. Like you were just saying like, oh, like, well, that's, you know, not what I want to hear. And this person, I think it was my mom was like, well, that's great that you're now reaching your like outside of your ideal client. Like now you're, you've reached past you know, that small bubble of people that you've been, you know, marketing to or whatever the case may be. Meaning that like, yes, not every single person is going to appeal to whatever it is that you're selling. And like, that's okay. Like it's supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to have a business and have a product that can appeal to absolutely every single person that you're going to reach. Like that is one, impossible. And even if that was happening, like you're probably not niche down, you know, whatever, like into your business. So it's okay that you're reaching people who your business may not be their style. Like that just shows that you have a more solidified and direct business to that ideal customer. So kind of like taking that negative feedback and flipping it back to like, all right, well, you are my girl that I'm writing about in my journal anyway. That's all right. <laughs> Go find, you know, your other business that you want to support, like not taking it as a personal attack onto your products and like your creativity and your artwork. Everyone has different loves and interests and that's just a part of life and individuality. And we shouldn't take it as like a personal attack, which I think is something that we don't often like flip and think about in that lens, but just hearing you talk about like your ideal client and things like that, it is a really important reminder, especially on social media. It's also super helpful too. Like when you first start out, a lot of the times, like you don't have the luxury of finding your ideal client. You're maybe taking jobs that you don't want to like, because you just need to say yeah. But as you begin to gain traction, it's going to help you also weed out the projects that you don't want to do. And it's going to help with burnout so much because it's going to give you the confidence to say, no, I don't want to do this. This isn't for me. And you're not going to be stressed about creating, which in most cases, the reason you start a small business, you're creating something first and then the business is coming after. I find that that happens in a lot of cases. I completely, completely agree. And to a certain extent, we all have to go through that time when we start to just saying yes to new things. Cause you know, you never know what's going to stick or what's going to lead us into a different direction. But with that, a lot of times it's like saying yes to all these projects and things that are so totally on the opposite end of the spectrum we want to be on creativity wise and just not really the avenue we want to go down. And it takes time to figure that out. Like you were saying, while we're talking about your rebrand, like all of a sudden you're not going to have this epiphany of like, oh, well, this is the direction I'm like a thousand percent going to go and I'm going to switch everything. Like it just takes time and experience to get there. But it is a pretty amazing thing once you finally get through those experiences and just put in the time and just see where your business evolves and grows to with the time and effort into you know, the area that you want to be in, like your business is doing now. I'm really excited to see this whole rebrand come to life for you, especially moving forward into the future. Where do you kind of see your business in the next like 
three, five years? I know that this question is so hard, but just overall, like, do you have any goals or visions, especially with this new outlook of where you see your business going? So right now, I kind of have one offering, and my biggest goal moving forward is to kind of have almost a ladder of offerings for my clientele. I know that's kind of like a common business practice, but I just don't have it right now. And that's one of my big goals is if someone wants a piece of my artwork, I want to be able to deliver it to them in some capacity. So that's a big goal of mine. I really also want to expand and teach. Whether I don't know if it's going to be my artwork or maybe some sort of business, like art business coaching. I'm not quite sure yet. Three to five years, who knows? <laughs> but I feel like I've just learned an incredible amount, especially for the creative business owner that I feel like I shouldn't just hold on to it all. (laughs) Those are perfect goals and really, you know, great things to work towards for the future. And even you saying having, you know, different tiers of offerings, it may seem like, you know, silly saying that like, oh, well, that's just like a typical thing that businesses offer. But those are the types of goals that like when you're actually looking at your business and setting realistic goals that are going to set you up for the future, like we were saying, like that's one of the things that is attainable to do and is really going to help you like push your business in those directions. It doesn't always need to be like, oh, I want to open my own store and like all of these crazy stuff. Like it can be those little things that seem small, but actually make a really big difference in the way your business runs. So I absolutely love that. At the end of every episode, we have like a figurative detailed diary that we just write a lasting note of inspiration to the listener. If you have anything that you want to end off with for anyone who may be listening. Yeah. So something I struggle with still to this day is kind of perfectionism and the whole imposter syndrome because my background isn't in art or business. I struggle with that daily. I didn't even know when you asked me to do this, I was like, she wants me to talk about business? Like who am I to talk about business? And I'm like, oh, Rachel, like you've been doing this for two years. Like you have some insight, like someone will find something useful. Like So getting out of your own way and just realizing that taking tiny steps is going to where get you to where you want to be. It doesn't have to be perfect, nor should it. And that's just, yeah, my little words of advice. <laughs> that's perfect. I feel the same exact way. I think that everyone feels that way. Like you just have this voice inside your head of like, who me? Like, I don't know anything. Like I've just been like faking it this whole time, but like not obviously because like we're running awesome businesses, but that's just what it feels like. It's like, how did I even get to this point? Like I'm not qualified to be here. So I just think that everyone has a part of them that feels that way. So I love that advice so much. Thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and hearing more about your business and your rebrand. I'm so excited to see everything come to life. And now when everyone is listening, they can kind of hear a little behind the scenes of what went on behind the scenes of your rebrand, which I think is really cool. I will be leaving all of your information down below in the show notes and description so that everyone can find you. But I just look forward to watching your business grow. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Daniel. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Detailed Diary podcast. Make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. 
Be sure to join our community over on Instagram at Detailed Diary Podcast and introduce yourself. I'm looking forward to meeting you over there and I will see you next Wednesday for a brand new episode. Until then, have an amazing week.